appreciate the Bishop of the House for this privilege and opportunity tonight to just bring us a word and to hear God talk to us and to hear to see the word work in our lives to, to enforce a change in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Please, you may have your seat. And I remember that towards the close of last year, while talking about the preparations or the plans that God has for us in this year, the bishop did make mention of the fact that we shall be revisiting our foundations. And revisiting the foundations means that we are reinforcing our foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And so we are, we are looking at today, once again, a very, very fundamental teaching, very, very fundamental topic, very basic and very fundamental. We are talking about the new creation realities. This is just the first in a series of teachings in that line. Hallelujah. The new creation realities. Praise the Lord. By the grace of God, it's going to be a very brief teaching because everything about the new creation, you have heard it before. You know it. We are stirring you up by the Spirit for you to walk in the consciousness of it and in the reality of it and for you to have a constant appreciation of what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So, what is, you know, so much has been said about the origin of man. Because <laughs> People have been dying. The earth is being depopulated. But the monkeys are no longer changing. They are no longer evolving to men. So if they stop evolving and then men are also dying, and then it means that we will get to a point then we may become extinct. Hallelujah. Because the birth rate is also decreasing. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we should have seen human beings maybe giving birth to monkeys and then the monkeys evolving. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But we know that is not true. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, in the beginning, now, everything we're going to say tonight, you will find all of it in Genesis chapter, chapters 1 to 3. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a brief teaching, but it's going to be very engaging by the grace of God. All right. Now, the Bible makes us to understand from Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we were told that the earth was in a certain state, a certain form. We were told that there was, there was you know, um, chaos all over. There wasn't anything distinct. You cannot say this is this or this is that. There was formlessness. There was darkness. There was chaos. There was no order whatsoever. There was no beauty, no comeliness. There was nothing aesthetic about the world. No. There was nothing about it. Nothing beautiful, nothing comely, no shape, no form. Alright? No order. And the Bible says that and to make it even worse, that waters, water covered everywhere. It was covered with the whole earth was covered with water. Praise the Lord. And then God set into the process of you know creation. And before that time, we are told that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. The spirit of the, God, of the Lord was going over that emptiness, that chaos, that nothingness, that shapelessness, that formlessness. The spirit of the Lord was going over it. Going over it. Going over it. What was happening? What was he doing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now, Oftia said, Ebutu Butu, as I said, also. Praise the Lord. I don't know, yes, sir. Kai said, Makani has several times said, Yankupon, ye obia or ye bibi, just of a soul, or Mao who said, Oye Yankupon. Oye Yankupon, so would you do, or wouldn't you do, Oye Yankupon? God doesn't have to convince you, He doesn't have to convince me. Hallelujah. He is God, whether you believe it or not. He doesn't have to do anything to prove himself. And so everything that God does, God does for a purpose. is because it is absolutely needed and necessary. And in this case here, the spirit of God is the super intelligence of God. That is the super intelligence of God. And he was going over the situation that was so ugly, so, you know, bad, Nothing beautiful about it. And he went over it. And what was he doing? He was making things out of the whole thing. Making some beauty. Bringing order. You know, conceiving and organizing and putting things right in place. And when he was done with his work, when he had finished, the super intelligence of God had gone over and had worked things out and then God began to speak and as soon as God spoke he saw it let there be light 
and there was light. Let us and everything comes. Let the earth produce animals. Let the seas bring forth waters. And he did that and did that and did that until he got to the sit there according to the chronicle of creation. Praise the Lord. Now you look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 gives us an overview of everything that happened in creation, of the creation. It gives us an overview. What the world was like or what the earth was like before his, you know, intervention again. Praise the Lord. It's an overview. But when you go to chapter 2, he begins to give you certain specifics and goes into certain forms of details as to how each one of the steps took place. Praise the Lord. So if you're not careful, you're reading, you think that chapter 2, you think that, oh, okay, Afena. You know, this is now when the Lord was coming to do that. No, chapter 2 actually puts on flesh to chapter 1. Okay? It gives you the details of the creation. It tells us how all these things came to be. Praise the Lord. Now, for the sake of our studies tonight, I want to zero in on this, of, on the sixth day. Alright? And it said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Can you give me that amplified version, please? Can you go back one step? 25. Okay? All right. It says, And God made the wild beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and domestic animals according to their kinds, and everything that creeps upon the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, fitting, pleasant, and he approved it. Okay? Now, 26. And God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish and over the sea, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all of the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. Next verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Next verse. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. Take note. Using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. That is to say that if you are not using the resources of the earth in the service of God and man, then you are not yet subduing the earth. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. Now, when I was looking at the scriptures again, this is what I found. I found that every inanimate thing, so to speak, was created from between the first to the fifth day. And every living thing was created on the sixth day. Praise God. That's what I saw. 
All right? The animals were created there. And then man was created. Now, the question I asked myself, we want to see this man that God created, what was the man's state and status at the beginning? Why at all did God need to bring man in the picture? Why didn't he just stop at creating the animals? Because he created the animals at the same day. And he gave them the commandment to also multiply. Hallelujah. But you see, there is something that is very significant in God bringing man into the picture. We see it here clearly that God, number one, wanted a representative of himself or representation of himself here on earth. He gave man the order. He says, have dominion over everything I've created, including the other living things. The animals in the sea, the animals in the bush, the ones creeping on the earth, the one in the air, have, have you know, dominion over them. God did not place dominion in the hands of these animals. Otherwise, what would have happened then is the lion just comes, I'm hungry. Where's one human being? You know? Hallelujah. And then the snake would just come and say, I feel like releasing poison. I feel like releasing poison. I feel like releasing poison. Praise the Lord. And then nobody would have dared to go to the sea because Mr. Whale is there waiting. You see? I am big enough to swallow anybody. Go and ask Jonah. Praise God. But God wanted a replication of what was in heaven above here on earth. There is a certain, you know, governance system. There is a certain system of administration that kept everything in check and in order. And God needed man whom he took the pain and the trouble and the decision to make in his own image and likeness. He made him in his own image to look like him. Made him in his likeness to be able to function like him. And then he handed over the earth to the man. So when man was created, I remember the early teachings when this church began. Those early teachings. I really wish we could get some of them to put on the church's page. Because they are very, very, very significant. And when you listen to those early teachings, you'll be able to, you know, drink more even into the spirit of this commission. And... I remember some of those early teachings that daddy did. He did a series of teachings on, you know, delivered and repositioned. And in one of them, he was talking about how man came, you know, came into existence with a certain affluence. Man was born, was created wealthy, was created comfortably. He came, he didn't know what it was, it meant like to lack anything. He didn't know what poverty was. He didn't know what sickness was. He was created in a very, you know, state, if you like, um, was born with a silver spoon, if you like. That's how we put it in today's language. All right? Everything was there for him. The Bible made us understand in Genesis 2-7 that God did what? He planted a garden in the east of Eden. And everything was in that garden. Everything you can think about. 
Talking about the, the gold that was in the garden, in one of the aspects, it says the gold of that land is good. Praise the Lord. It says it is of high quality, one of the translations I was reading. Now, God put everything that a man would need, everything. He made ready everything for him and then brought him and put him there to just live a good life. So, man was used to affluence. Man was used, you know, to exercising dominion over the things created. Nothing could rise up against him. The animals feared him. He had total dominion. Simply put, man was God on earth. Praise the Lord. That was his original estate. And, you know, apart from that, one very important thing that man had, man had, you know, access to God. So spiritually, he was fixed. He was connected. It was a usual thing for him to have fellowship with God. He knew what the presence of God was like. Even when things turned sour, he still knew. He still could hear. Praise the Lord. The Bible says God will come in the cool of the day and then have some good fellowship with the man. God was not a stranger to him. Amen. That was the state of man. So man was, was used to relating with God, having fellowship. He knew who God was. Hallelujah. He knew what authority meant. He exercised authority. Not only that, because he was made in the image and the likeness of God, he shared in the qualities of God. And so he operated at a level of, of you know, exquisite, excellent creativity. He was excellent in everything that he did. Before Genesis chapter 3, we didn't hear anywhere, I don't know, maybe the, the bishop reads a lot, I don't know, maybe he's read somewhere, that before that time, God had a problem with the way that man was tending and keeping the garden. Now God came one day and said, uh -uh, why is this shovel here? Why didn't you put it? Why are you allowing this plant to reach that place? God didn't have any problems with the way that man was tending and keeping the garden. Why? Because he operated at the frequency of God. He exercised that mind and ability of God. He, 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 he expressed dexterity in everything that he did. He knew what to do at what time. Everything was in order. He was able to keep the earth and the creation in check. He manifested such great creativity... That he could name all the animals that God created without repeating anyone. And to date, God has not had cause to change the name of any animal. He hasn't. So this is the picture of this man that God made. Everything was working for the man. He was expressing divinity at will. Sir. I want to strongly believe that Adam could go into the sea. Free. How do men now know how to dive and go under the sea? Say free, baby, free. 
They say nipa and coupon born. Now a nipa or the young coupon I drink ne a year juma. Bibia or ye bia na Hallelujah. No, this way as I see where you so. Hallelujah. I dare a friend who here, not Nippon, Yankupon Bono, no, no, Nim. Hallelujah. I don't see a Yankupon de Ebono. Praise the Lord. But somewhere along the line, something happened. That now changed all of this. And as I, I remember, as the bishop was sharing with us yesterday, myself and the resident pastor in the office, he said, Man gave in to the dictates of the flesh. That is what all the temptation is about, though. That is what sin is about. Hallelujah. I remember some time ago the bishop teaching, he said something. He said, what is sin? It is simply the introduction of another will. And when you fall into sin, you do not only introduce another will, you embrace it. Hallelujah. Bonnie then. Bonnie said, what would you pompe? And now, what that's it. Bonnie, no, no. Yami say, men koha. We say, hoa na meko. So, when you express another will, other than the will of God, you are responding and giving in to the dictates of the flesh. Because it's not your spirit that is taking you there. It's the, your flesh is telling you, this is what we want to do now. This is how we want to do it. This is where we want to. This is what we want right now. Right now, give it to me or I die. Give it to me or trouble. Give it to me or hell break loose. Have you experienced that before? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I remember those years back in the city of Benin. You know, anytime we were going out with my daughter. And she was like, at that time, like, this young lady could, could drink like 30 sachets of water a day. It doesn't make anything cry. So when we'll be going to the market, and the market will go to is a very rowdy market. And we're there, and then she's following me, and we are going together. Like, Mommy, I'm thirsty. Mommy, I want water. Mommy, I want water. It's as if if you don't give her water at that more point in time, see, she's going to die at that moment. That's okay, hold on, wait, let us get. No, I want water now. I want, Mommy, I want water. And then after some time, anytime we're about to leave the house, I say, please carry water. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It was as if she didn't get the water to drink that moment. The end was come, the world was coming to an end. Praise the Lord. And that is what the flesh, the kind of pressure that the flesh puts on us. And that was how it, it said, do this right now. Otherwise, trouble. Praise the Lord. So the man gave in to the dictates of the flesh. And the enemy came, had a conference with the woman. 
And in his subtlety, in his wyoric way, this is what the enemy said. Has God said? Has God said? Has God said that you shouldn't eat of any tree in the garden? The God said don't eat any tree. The God said that one. Please, did, did he say that one? Remember, is it written in your Bible that God said you shouldn't eat any tree? God didn't say that. He said, has God said don't eat of any tree? He said, no. God says we can eat everything except this one there. So he says, the day we eat it, we shall die. He said, hmm? 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 When the catcher said, oh, boy. Me na me catch us and coupon bois. Oh, no, I'm busana. Monsieur Bois. Oh, no, I'm perfect. So, this is our banner. Wow, when you be be, you be yet to say young coupon. Now, I want you to take note of the things that are happening here. In this very statement of the, you know, devil to the woman you could identify a sense of ignorance. Because, Obisa yet say Now, already So, when we are not, you know, conscious of our status in him, in Christ, then it becomes very easy for us to give in to the dictates of the flesh. Are you with me tonight? So the cure for that is for you to be conscious all the time of who you are. Of who God has made you in Christ. Be conscious of it. Say it loud. Shout it. Let everybody hear it. Let them call you proud. It doesn't matter. You are saying what you know. Hallelujah. If I say I cannot be sick and you, you say I'm being proud. Okay, no problem. Carry all the sickness and go. I give you the one where I first take sick. I add all, give you. Carry go. Isn't it? So everybody get in mouth. Now me get my mouth. You two get your mouth. Praise God. Amen. Amen. But that singular act brought such great, 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 great calamity to the life of man. They gave in. And what happened is that man fell out. There was a severance. There was a disconnection from source. Praise the Lord. And I was thinking about this yesterday as I was sharing with one of our, 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 our dear ones here. You see, when a child is in the womb, he's attached to an umbilical cord. The umbilical cord ends with a placenta that is attached to the womb of the mother. And the child gets its nourishment from that, you know, passing through the placenta, going through the umbilical cord into the child. So the child lacks nothing right there in the womb. So long as the mother is well cared for. Praise the Lord. Now when the child is born into the earth, there is a detachment of the placenta from the walls of the, of the womb. And then the child comes out, and then the umbilical cord needs to be cut. So that now the child will now develop capacity and learn to use, you know, those organs and everything that the Lord has put there. 
So he now becomes independent, as it were, of the mother. Levels of dependence changes. Praise to God. Now, in the spiritual, however, it is never expected at any time that there should be a severance of the umbilical cord from our source. We are meant to be eternally connected. There should be no detachment. The moment there's a deta detachment, then death sets in. Just as when the child detaches from the umbilical cord or the placenta detaches, while the child is in the womb, it becomes fatal to the child. There shouldn't be a disconnection. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are supposed to be connected eternally to our source, the womb that gave birth to us. For that is how we get our life and our nourishment. At any time we declare independence and disconnect, then death sets in. Decay sets in. Corruption sets in. Everything negative sets in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And that was the beginning of the wars of man. What the temptation and the sin of disobedience did to man was to sever the man from the, you know, it cut the sin, cut the umbilical cord. So man was no longer connected to his source. And indeed, man did die spiritually. What is the effect of the death? The effect of that spiritual death resulted in the corruption and the decay of the body. Take note. The spirit died because there was a severance. There was a separation. Praise the Lord. Now, as a result of the death of the spirit, it imparted upon the flesh and upon the soul of man. Praise the Lord. That is why the spirit is so, the spiritual is so, so crucial. If the spiritual is right, the natural must be right. And when man missed it out and there was that spiritual severance, then every other thing around the man began to suffer. His body began to suffer decay. His body was not to do that. It wasn't to do that. And I think God gave a, a taste of it when he took the Israelites out of Egypt. The Bible said for the 40 years they were in the wilderness, their body grew with their clothes. And their clothes grew with their body. There was no decay. There was no decay. Anything, even the material that was on them, there was no decay. The clothes didn't tear. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so man lost that. He lost that vital life. That essence. That, you know, life that... That, that gave him, that made who he was. He lost it. And he became empty dust. He became ordinary clay. Because we are told in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, God formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into the nostrils of man and man became a living soul. Hallelujah. And so when he walked away from God, he turned his back on God by disobeying God that connection was severed. And so he returned. He became the mere dust again. 
it affected him that there was that spiritual disconnection and then his body began to decay. His body began to, to, you know, to break down. Sickness now set in. There was nothing like sickness. And take note, when you go to the garden, when God made the man and provided everything, he said, he said you have all this one for your food. God didn't make provision for healing. Because the man was never to fall sick. Sickness was an entirely a strength. It was never to fall sick. And the inhabitants of Zion shall not say, I am sick. Sickness is a stranger to that city. Praise the Lord. But now, man had been disconnected. The umbilical cord to his source of livelihood had been cut. He had detached from his, the womb that gave him birth. And so, the body broke down. Sickness set in. What happened to his soul? He lost that dexterity. That mind of God with which he operated. He lost so many things. He could not operate at the, at the frequency of God anymore. Now limitations came on his way. Limitations came on his way. The things he used to do with ease, he could no longer do them. His mind could no longer function properly. He could no longer produce excellent things. He became corrupted. And he began to think evil. And that was how come that Cain could think evil about his brother and go to the extent of killing him. The mind of man became corrupted. Evil now suddenly now he began to sit down to think and concoct and plan evil. Hallelujah. Amen. So his body did what? Suffered. Decay set in, and then his mind also became corrupted. He lost the ability to operate at the frequency of God. As for his dominion status, he lost it. He became corrupted. So now the things that used to fear him, now he became afraid of those things. And one of the, 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 the signs of the corruption of his dominion status was that now he now sought to have dominion over his fellow man, which God never gave to him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You must exercise dominion over sleep at this point. Amen. Because you have been restored. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, he, he now seeks to have dominion or sought to have dominion over his fellow man. That's how come all the fights, the wars. Nah, nah, uh, I'm over you. Uh, you are over me. Uh, give me a chance. Uh, I'll kill you. And all that. That was how come. Man was not meant to, it was not given to him to exercise dominion over his fellow man. He said exercise dominion over every other creeping thing. Over the things that created over the earth. To put everything in check. Indeed, he couldn't have exercised dominion over his fellow man because he was the first man that was created, amen, and God was giving him that instruction. There were no other people for him to exercise dominion over, so definitely God could not have meant that he should exercise dominion over his fellow man. But now he wanted to exercise dominion over his fellow man. And so he lost his peace in the process because wars now ensues, ensued, you know, troubles, attacks and counterattacks. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And that was what happened to the man. Praise the Lord. And so we see these things very clearly. And then now the things that he, he, had, he used to have, that he enjoyed and he had taken for granted, now he had to struggle to have them. That's what God expressed in Genesis chapter, chapter 3. When he came in verse 15, can you give me that verse please as I round up? Genesis chapter 3, Biko. All right. Amen. It says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your... Can you back, backtrack a little bit for me? Thank you. Let's see 13. Uh, give me 12. Okay. Okay. Backtrack 11. Okay. All right. So you know the story already. Now, God comes in the cool of the day. The enemy, as soon as, as, soon as Adam and Eve or the man finished disobeying God, uh, Satan just jumped out. I didn't do anything. Hallelujah. As soon as they finished, he jumped out. And now, suddenly, indeed, their eyes became open. And what didn't used to matter now began to matter. What they were not seeing now began, they began to see. When the glory lifted, then they saw their nakedness. The glory of God covering them, when it lifted, they saw their nakedness. They said, ah, and, but mark you, they could still hear the sounds of God. That is why even when a person backslides, or when a person does, the, the Romans tells us in chapter 6, he said, you, you have no excuse. He said, because everything that God has made has, you know, gives you, that keeps knocking on your heart that there's a God. There's a God. There's a God. Shouldn't you look and ask yourself questions? Science tells us that the earth rotates, and the Bible confirms it. It said there's a rotation. Why didn't you wake up one day and you were upside down? Or that you saw that the roof of your house, we, we come to church one day and the tent, the roof is under and the, 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 the ground is up. And then we are walking like this. You know, what is that force that keeps you in place? And yeah, gravity, even gravity has its source. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so, and so, everything now began to go upside down for the man. And then God asks the question. And then, of course, it's not me. So, and then, so, so, sana, yehu, adem. Obi, adia, ubi, sa. And yeh, miyaw. Now, this, ubo, no, akoma, ubi, fufro. Uko, ni, pakun, fufro, no, ubi, sana. And yeh, miyaw. Now, I pass it. Hallelujah. And then, finally, finally, God asked the woman, the woman to say it was a serpent. And then, as, the, as for the serpent, God didn't ask him because the serpent didn't have anybody to blame. And so, judgment was pronounced immediately. Praise the Lord. So, everything that you are taking for granted, you are going to lose. That is why, friends, it is not good for you to take the love of God and the love of your family members and whatever thing, anybody that God has brought into your life, please don't take them for granted. You take anything for granted, one day you will lose it. It is said that you don't know what you have until you lose it. One day you will lose it. And you know when you lose it? You will lose it at the point you needed it the most. 
Don't take it for granted. People love you. Don't take it for granted. The Lord has been keeping you. Don't take it for granted. Hallelujah. Because that person you've been taking for granted, one day you look for the person, you won't see the person. So value what you have. Value your salvation. Value the people that God has placed in your life. Value your spouse. Value your children. Value your parents. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, of course, God pronounced. And then he told the serpent, enmity today between you and the woman, between your seed and the seed of the woman. And that was the situation until God visited again. Hallelujah. But I want to end with this point. I was meditating. And I think sometimes you keep hearing the talk about in, amongst the Bible scholars, you hear the thing about the scarlet thread and the scarlet thread and the scarlet thread. And I was meditating this afternoon and the Holy Spirit told me, asked me a question. He said, do you know what the scarlet thread is? I said, yeah, yes, Christo Moja. I said, is it not referring to the cross, the sacrifice? I said, the scarlet thread is the love of God. Hallelujah. The scarlet thread is the love of God. And I began to wonder, I said, hey, who gave men the idea? Have you noticed that when they are doing anything about love, 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 is color red? Uh, how? Why? It's color red. When it is so-called Valentine period, like this red is all over the place. When they put a hat, they color it red. If it is roses, it has to be red, then it is love. Hallelujah. And so, one thing I want us to note is that throughout this situation, even in that fallen state of man, the love of God began to be made manifest. At the end of the day, the man lost the garden. He lost his habitation. He lost his place. He, he came down, in today's parlance we will say, from grace to grass. But God did not leave him hanging like that. When he said, told the Lord, he said, I am hiding, I heard your voice, and I am hiding because I am naked. And he said, who told you you are naked? And God knew that there is only one way for him to know that. Have you eaten of the fruit that I say you shouldn't eat of? Have you disobeyed me? That is the only way you can see this. And then all the, you know, bug passing continued. But God did something. Now, you see, in his own helpless and inadequate manner, man attempted to cover his nakedness. He made himself fig clothes and tried to cover it, but it was so inadequate. And you know, that is what we do most times. When we find ourselves in challenges, when we move away from God, we want to make up. We want to use our lame efforts to make up, to fill up the space. It can never be filled by any other means. We do lame efforts to be able to keep up, but it can never happen like that. Praise God. It only has to be God and God alone. And then we saw, see the scarlet thread manifesting. God himself killing an animal and clothing them. One of the translations I read, he said he made for them a long garment. 
And I remember daddy teaching some time ago. I can't remember whether it was at, at, in church or at the devotion level. Because usually at morning devotions, we have some deep teachings. It's been, it's been rubbing me for some time now. I have to, I have to carry placard. Amen. You know, he mentioned something. He said, when God killed that animal, that it was all dripped in blood. He, it was a fresh blood dripping skin that he used to cover the man. Praise the Lord. In the subsequent teachings to this series, you will see all of these things. You will see all the shadows and the types. You see all the things that everything that pointed to God's plan of salvation to rescue the man that he has created. You see how the love of God manifested all through. I'm telling you, that scarlet thread, you can lace it, you weave it from Genesis to Revelation. It's over there. It was never missing. The scarlet thread is the love of God that never failed. He said, even though we, while we were yet sinners, he still loved us and gave his son for us. Rise on your feet with me. In that falling state, he never left you. Even now that he doesn't even have center stage in your life, he has not left you. Even now that you don't acknowledge his lordship in your life and in your affairs, he's still there with you. The scarlet thread is never left. Hallelujah. In the course of time, that scarlet thread became a person. And you have him right now. Your restoration is far better than what it used to be. And I pray today that you're not going to lose it. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to lift up your voice and just give God thanks for what he has given to you tonight. For what he has shown to you tonight. Where you were, how he made you, your original estate. And then what happened along the night. And even before the other series, the teachings in the series will come, you begin to appreciate your salvation in a new light. You begin to appreciate God in a new light. You begin to appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus in a new light. You begin to understand why God had to go the length he went to bring you back to himself. Appreciate the Lord tonight. Appreciate the Lord tonight. Give him glory, give him praise. Magnify him tonight. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Tonight, I want you to particularly appreciate God for your salvation. Thank him that he didn't leave you in that fallen state, but he came again and picked you out. I want you to appreciate him for what he has done for you. The love with which he has loved you has never faded. That love has never faded. Appreciate him afresh. Give him glory. Bless the Lord for your salvation. Give him glory, give him glory, give him glory. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now the last prayer I want you to pray. I want you to look into your life. What residue of the fallen states are there in your life? What residue? What are the things that, 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 
represent the fallen state that are still holding sway in your life? Is it sickness? Is it poverty? Is it sin that is ruling your life? Whatever it is, I want you to stare that in the face, call it by name, and tell that thing you have no dominion over me. I have been redeemed. You have no dominion over me. Address that situation. Whatever thing appears to be you know, that, that appears to be a residue, remnant from that fallen state, hanging around your life and destiny, I want you to address it tonight. Adi biara a ese proyeti biya. Address it. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Address it. Address it. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Whatever you have addressed right now, I see the force of the Spirit working in your favor and overturning that situation. Just as the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the emptiness, of the chaosness, and the chaos and all the, the, the confusion and then birth order. I see the Spirit of God birthing order in your life. He is birthing beauty in your life. He is giving form and shape to your life. In the name of Jesus. Where there is darkness, there is light. In the name of Jesus. And in his light you shall see light. In the name of Jesus. Whatever thing is corrupting your body, we speak to it right now. We command and arrest that situation right now. We speak right now. Let there be life in the name of Jesus. Whatever thing is affecting your mind that is not allowing your mind to function as it should, we speak against that thing right now in the name of Jesus. We command that whatever thing is standing between you and the glorious destiny that God has earmarked and ordained for you, that thing gives way and bows to you right now. In the name of Jesus, you are a king, you are a priest, you are an affluent person, you are a person of influence, and so it is, and so shall you experience it. In the name of Jesus, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come and give the Lord some praise.